Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today we will be doing another What's on Our Hearts episode and we will discuss the veil and what it means. Our scripture for today is from 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. All right, that's good. Let's jump in here. So the veil is something I remember reading about in the Bible. I read about it being ripped or torn in half when Jesus died. And I also remember that I didn't really understand what that meant, Mm -hmm. you know, when I first became Mm -hmm. a Christian. So now I understand that it has great significance because we, as in every human here on earth, we now have access to a holy God. So we're going to talk about it. Yes, we're going to. Dig deep in this one. Yes. You know, in Matthew 27, 45 through 51, it says, When Jesus died on the cross, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and rocks split. Mm. The temple had three main parts. The courts, the holy place where only the priests could enter, and the most holy place where only the high priest could enter, and only once a year to atone for the sins of the nation. Yeah. The curtain separating the holy place from the most holy place was torn in two at Christ's death, symbolizing that the barrier between God and humanity was now removed. Now all people are free to approach God because of Christ's sacrifice for our sins. And Christ's death was accompanied by at least four miraculous events, darkness, the tearing in two of the curtain in the temple, an earthquake and dead people rising from their tombs. Jesus' death, therefore, could not have gone unnoticed. Everyone knew something incredibly significant had happened. Yeah, you know, when you think about that, when you think about the veil being torn, and and I don't remember this being explained, like when I was growing up at a Baptist church, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't remember it being explained what that meant. Yeah. That that meant that the sacrifices didn't have to happen anymore in the temple because Jesus was our sacrifice, Mm -hmm. right? Right, right. So it's just so, it's so personal mm-hmm. what Jesus did for us. And when God ripped that veil and said, now you can come straight to me, it's just such a, he's such a personal God. Well, and, yes. and when you think about, and when you understand, because we're, we're Westerners, so right. we don't understand things from a Jewish mindset. Right. But that curtain that hung there, or the veil, was so thick. Yes. We're not talking about regular material. Right. We're talking about... Right. Material that's probably four inches thick, yeah. right? And and it went across it's this great opening, which was really tall, going into the Holy of Holies. Right. And not only when Jesus died on the cross, when his death took place, that was ripped from top 
to bottom. bottom. No man could have done this. This was only an act of God. Right. That's right. why the, when the temple priests went in there and they saw it, they knew it was God that ripped that. Yes. And this was God's temple. This was Solomon that built this temple. Right. And then David, you know, I mean, this was like everything in the Jewish life was surrounded by the temple. Yes. Right. And, and all about the temple. Right. So this was a huge deal. And so, you know, you just think about that renting or tearing from top to bottom was God saying, now all my people, all my children can come in and have access to me into the holiest of holiest places. Right. That only the priest, the high priest could go into that temp- that holy of holies once a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and make atonement for the sins of the people, right? And it's just such a huge deal. There's, I think there's even more significance than we're picking up on. Right. You know, but yeah. Yeah, that's just a big deal. And it just makes me think now that, you know, like each one of us, we are a temple. Right. It went from all the way from that to us carrying him inside us. Right. And Mm -hmm. we are all his little temples. Mm -hmm. And I think as we talk about this even more today, the things we're going to discuss, there's a veil on our hearts. All right. And it, it is up to God to take that and remove that veil from us. The Holy Spirit does that. Yeah, that's good. That's Mm -hmm. so good. Yeah. The veil is clear now for the believer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and non-believers are confused and are being deceived in the world right now. They have access to the Lord if they want it. That's why it's so important to tell, for all of us, to tell others and share the gospel. Right. People don't know what they don't know. So yeah. they live yeah. a defeated life and say things like, ah, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, I love that a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's not. Right, it's not. Jesus came to offer us a Zoe life, which includes liberty and freedom. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Zoe life, that's a Greek word, Zoe. Yeah. Some people say so- Zoe. Right. It means to be possessed of vitality, to have life active and vigorous. Yeah. Mm. To be devoted to God, to be blessed. To be among the living, not the lifeless or dead. To enjoy real life, true life, worthy of the name. To pass life on to others. To be fresh, strong, efficient, active, powerful. To be endless in the kingdom of God. Yeah. On top of this, he tells us that he came to give us this rich existence in abundance, which means excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above. More than enough. Extraordinary. More than sufficient, superior, more remarkable, more excellent. Sounds good. Yeah. Right? Right? I want that. He's Mm -hmm. offering this to us. Right. It's our choice. It's what he gives us freely. Well, we got to choose Mm -hmm. it. You have to choose it. Do it every day. Yeah. Life means movement. Anytime the life of Jesus or the Holy Spirit quits moving within our lives, death death begins its process. Wow. Good. And death is the opposite of life. Therefore, we should be aware of anything producing death within us. Right. Yep. Because of our this covenant relationship with God that he, when the, tum- the veil was ripped, mm-hmm. right? even times of tribulation, suffering or loss, we have the promise of abundant Zoe life. Yes. And part of Zoe life that we as Christians enjoy includes liberty and freedom. Right. Knowing the veil being torn gave us direct access to God, and we are able to see and know the truth. We have our own intimate relationship with God and talk to Him anytime we want, 
He's always here for us. That's so good because we have that free access to God. Yes. We're no longer restricted or limited. It's beautiful. Right. You know, what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. You know, when I prayed over this subject about the veil, you know, God impressed something on my heart to speak about. You know, I believe there is a veil. Like I said, there's a veil that covers our hearts, right? And it's up to God to remove that veil. And I believe there's a veil that's covered over the church as well. Yeah. You know, the hearts of people in the church. There's been a spirit of complacency over our eyes and our hearts over the church. And I, I'm one of them, you know, for years as to what our identity, our true identity as representative of Christ is. Such a good point. You know, yeah. there's almost a, a well, this is as good as it's going to get attitude, you know, among believers. Right. And even as I've, you know, awakened to this issue in the church, I would get thoughts of, well, what am I supposed to do about it? You know, how am I, one person, supposed to change anything? Right. And all of this. It's such a big deal. I mean, that's a big thing, right? Well, that's the enemy, too. You know, he's thinking, yeah, you're not, what are you going to do? Right. You know, but it only takes one person. Right. To spark a fire. And start praying. To start a revival. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer is the beginning of it, right? You ask God, what do you want me to do? What can I do with what you've put into my hands, right. you know, personally, in my area or, or arena of influence? Right. You know, maybe the better word for the veil would be misinformation. Yeah. You know, the things that have been taught to us within the churches has made us weak representatives of Jesus. Right. We don't know. Again, like Kathy, we suffer from what we don't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like a big wall, mm-hmm. you know, covering. Or it's they don't understand what they don't know. Right. How are we going to understand it if we don't pursue the knowledge? Right. And how are we going to see if we're not awakened? Right. Right? It's the veil that covers our eyes that keeps us from it. Yeah. You know, we think about Jesus' life and his ministry upon the earth, and he only ministered for three years, yet it was super impactful and powerful in those three years. Yeah. He walked in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but so do we. Yeah. Right. We have the same anointing Jesus did. Yes. You know, he performed miracles of healing the sick, the lame raising the dead. He prophesied to individuals and brought healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. You know, he commanded us to do likewise, yet those occurrences are very rare among the majority of churches, right? Right. You know, I see more and more younger people leaving the church today because they're dissatisfied with the routine of church services and no demonstration of the supernatural power of God in our services or even in our lives yeah. outside of the church. I see young people talking more about experiences from music festivals drenched in new age preaching and experimental drugs than they do from going to church or from encounters they've had with Christians. Right. Mm. You know, could revival spark those changes? What do you think about that? I mean, you know, because I even, think that I think that's absolutely where we're headed. You know, uh, we, yeah. we need that. And uh, we've seen a taste of that. You know, mm-hmm. already right you know. you know like the whole asbury college revival yeah. right yeah it started the spark for change and seeking repentance it's because really when what i've heard from people that have gone right it's about repentance confession of sin and just wanting to experience the genuine presence of god right right and this revival could cause a spirit of honestly a spirit of discontentment to rise up with the way things have been within the churches and bring about that true desired change in the hearts of God's people. Revivals have spread from college campus to college campus. It's starting with hungering college students who want more, but I think it's it's within our own hearts right now too. Don't right. you have, like, is this all there is? 
you know, do you have feelings in your heart like that or in your mind? Right. You know, like, can't, can it get better? I know it can get better, God. You know, he says, as do things on earth as it is in heaven. Well, I know it's not as bad as it is here in heaven. I know it's even better. So I know there's, there's room for improvement and that God wants us to be doing much, much more. Yes. And like the early church, you know, walking in the miracles of God and doing the supernatural things that that proves that God is real. Yeah. And that's what this younger generation and us need to see is that God is real, he's tangible, he's working in us and through us and he wants us to do more. Right. It's like these things are happening that they will happen during the church service. You will see healings in it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's similar to the Jesus Revolution movie. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that it's those healings were taking place while he was speaking. Right. In front. He would go and right. he knew somebody was in the crowd was hurting and he'd go up to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, we we just had a recent um, women's conference at our church and Pink Impact. And it was very interesting because they talked about a lot about the church in those talks mm-hmm. and the sessions. And at the end of one, it's usually a routine to go up. If you need prayer, right. you walk up to a person who prays for you uh-huh. and up by the altar right. mm-hmm. at the front. This time they said, we're going to do something different and we're going to, everybody who needs prayer, sit down. And so the person next to them put their hands on them. So individually, everybody yeah, prayed for so each other. Yeah, so we were all praying for each other within this huge oh, crowd of 4,000 people. Beautiful example. That's a great okay. idea. Mm-hmm. It was just beautiful. That's the first thing that came to my mind is unity. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the vulnerability, too, in sitting down. I mean, right. we all need prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and she just said, if you feel like you need it right now, sit down. And, you know, it, it gives you that opportunity to be the church. Yeah. You know, we're all the church. Right. And we don't just look to the ministers up front to do everything for us. Yeah. You know, we're to be the church. We're to be the ones to go out. And right. and again, you got somebody sitting right next to you who sits down and needs prayer. Just turn and start being the church and ministering yes. to us. Well, think about yes. the time before the veil was ripped. Right? right, right. What did they have to do to get prayer for sitting or for... They had to go to the priest a, and they had to, to sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah. And, I mean, Animal think about sacrifice. the huge difference because we never... That was a different time, a different culture. It was a different everything in every sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and to know that what Jesus did for us now, then you could just... You could have anybody pray for you. Right. Yes. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a priest. It well, again, have to be a, we're know. Christians, right? right? We're little Christs. We're, little Christ. we're to be the ambassadors. We're yes. to be the priests and kings on the earth doing the work that Jesus did. Right. We're the church. He yeah. said we'd do greater things. Greater works than these, he says. Than yes. what he did. Right. Yeah. Which is mind-boggling. Yes. Right? Yeah. But that's because we haven't even seen the basic stuff. I know. You know, being a basic Christian is working in the supernatural things that God did. In your giftings. Right. Yes. That's basic, <laughs> right? We want to even go beyond that. Right. So that's what we need to be praying for. Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's the veil from the temple. Right. You know, when Jesus died and it was torn in two, that, Susan just talked about that. There's the veil over our church, which is what Laura just talked about. Yeah. And then there's the veil that we have over our heart or our, you know, our, our eyes, eyes mm-hmm. right? So I found an article titled, Removing the Veil from Our Heart, and it had some good information that I want to read. So what is the heart? The heart is our soul. It's our mind and emotions and our will Mm -hmm. with our conscience. In Hebrew 10.22, it says, 
Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You know, the veil on our heart is one of the biggest problems that Christians have. According to the scriptures above, it causes dullness, bondage, blindness, and not seeing any improvements in our life over time. No transformation to the image of Christ, yeah, right? That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's the cause of many things, including divisions, arguments, disputes, false doctrines, and generalized unhappiness and lack of satisfaction and reality in our Christian walk. The veil prevents us from seeing. It prevents us from knowing God's will. It prevents us from thinking, feeling, and desiring the things that we know the Bible says that we should. It causes us to be confused and blown about by every wind of doctrine and troubled over many things. It prevents us from hearing much, or sorry, bearing much fruit, since we cannot see where we are going, and we wander aimlessly in life doing much but accomplishing little. Removing the veil brings freedom, freedom from the law of sin and death, freedom from bondage, addictions, confusion, doubt, etc., through transformation into the image of Christ. So how do we remove the veil over our hearts so that we may see clearly? Mm. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, 13-18. It says, We are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites could, could not stare at the end of what was fading away, but their minds were closed. For to this day, as the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Even to this day, whatever Moses has read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That's good. That is really Uh good. So turn to the Lord. Seek Him wholeheartedly. Seek His wisdom. Seek an intimate relationship with Him. He will remove the veil from your heart, and He will give you answers to your many questions and revelation on the things to come. That's good. Yes. You know, Kathy, the truth is so important. Right. When we have the veil over our eyes, then we experience the opposite of truth, which is falsehood, falseness dishonesty, inaccuracy, fake, lies, and darkness. Right. In John fourteen six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Yep. Every single one of us can have this if we choose. God will never force himself on us. It's an open invitation awaiting us. The enemy, on the other hand, wants to deceive us and cause division among us and confusion. Yeah. Right? And this confusion can happen to everyone, and it's not something that any of us want to have in our life. No, but it's very, very prevalent. Mm -hmm. Yes. And when we don't understand things in our life, we fear, worry, and we stress because we do not have the truth in us. And what is the truth? Mm. God is truth. His word. His word is truth, yes. Jesus spoke truth. Confusion only comes when we do not have the peace of God in us. Right. Yeah. The enemy will always try to come with confusion in our lives. Yes. And we've got to be discerning. We've got to be aware of it. We've got to put the armor on. We've got to yeah. take control of our thoughts. All the scriptures that come to mind when you think of those things. Mm-hmm. Guard know, up. Guard up. That's right. right. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. By doing this, confusion will be less effective. Right. And God will never lead us astray. He knows every detail of our lives and will always lead us to the truth. Yes. 
He's a God of order. Even in the churches, it's wise to test every spirit or person that prophesies to you. Confusion divides, separates, and destroys God's truth from you. Yes. We can even create our own confusion if we rely on our own understanding. Oh, oh sure. <laughs> yeah. I know it all. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ gave us the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us into truth. This helps show us the truth over the lies. Yes. Right? And confusion can cloud our minds, especially if we don't have God's peace, His Word, and let the Holy Spirit guide us. Confusion only blinds us if we let the veil cover our eyes again, or if we let ourselves seek our own ways instead of God's. You know, when we understand what the veil means and what it does to us, then we can begin to understand there is so much more to God. And I think most, you know, people were not taught this in the churches. I agree. Right? Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and in my morning prayer time, the Lord gives me words each day. And there was a word that he gave me in February and um, of 2023. And I just wanted to read what he said because it really had an impact on my heart you know, that morning. He said, magnify and praise the name of Yahweh today and every day. Give him the honor that is due to his name day after day after day. Come into his courts with praise and thanksgiving for all that he has done and all that he is doing and all that will be done in the coming days. For all things have their being within your creator and king. Majesty and honor are due to his name. Praise him from the rooftops for all that he has done for you and never cease your praises to your king for all that he's accomplished for you. There is no other name higher or more majestic than our creator and king, and he is worthy of all praise and all glory. Fall upon your knees and worship our God and father. Bless his name upon the mountaintops as your creator who made every living thing. All humanity should shout his praises day after day to properly praise him for all he's done for you. Release your praises up to heaven and let them become incense to our God and King. The praises of God's people are a blessing back to him. Wow, so good. Mm -hmm. He is good. Yeah. Know that everything that you have been blessed with comes from your Father above above you. Know that there's nothing you can do on your own that does not come from him. You are to live a life of thankfulness to honor God and the King in the very life that he gave you. What a privilege and honor to serve the living Lord who loves you eternally. Nothing can be compared to him and nothing can be measured in comparison to him. He is the only one worthy of your daily praise. Give glory to the one and only and make his name known throughout the entire earth. And this is what I wanted to really point out in this word that he gave me. He said, the glory of the Lord will fill the entire earth. The whole world will know and understand who is their maker and who created them. Yes, Nothing will be kept hidden from the people of the earth, and all will know the hidden mysteries kept secret for generations on the earth. Let me uncover your eyes to see as you need to see. Let me show you the things that have remained a big mystery hidden behind the scenes. What men have done in secret will now be revealed for all the world to see. My great uncovering is heading your way, so give shouts of praise to your God and your King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) He said the whole earth will see this uncovering, and sheltered eyes will now see what has been working behind the scenes to steal, kill, and destroy my people of the earth. 
their plans to defamate my name and corrupt my DNA will fall fatally to the ground and be dissolved, never to rise again. Praise God. Mm -hmm. He said, keep your eyes on me at all times and continue to sing and dance and praise for this time will come to an end and your enemy, Satan, will be vanquished once again. My people will not vanish from the face of the earth, but will flourish as never before. My plans are victorious and worth shouting praises forevermore. Oh my gosh, he's so good. So good. Yeah. You know, because he, he always starts out with praise, and oh, yeah. I start out with praise and worship, but, you know, he's always saying, give me what's due to my name, and I'm about to pour out some things on yeah. your life, and I'm about to reveal some things, and I'm going to remove a veil that's been over your eyes for centuries. Yeah. And I'm going to show you things that you didn't even know was going on. And you're going to give me more praise because of what you see happening. You know, it's like so exciting, you know, to know that God, he knows that there's been things that has been hidden from us. Yeah, we've been lied to. It's like a veil again over our eyes. And, you know, I think part of it, like I said, was part of with the church. It's individually. It's corporately, you know, and so God's saying, I'm going to remove that veil and I'm going to show you my glory. And when it comes, it's going to be wonderful. And it's going to, again, it's an eye-opening thing, and it's a life-changing yes. thing. Yes. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I am too. And I'm <laughs> praying for it. I continue to pray well, and say, He's been bring it, Lord. It's <laughs> yeah, coming. and the prophets have been talking about it. Yes. And so when he gives me a word like that, that's just confirmation. Yep. Correct. You know, so count on it. Right. <laughs> you know, I think, with all Jesus sacrificed for us, God wants us to boldly yet reverently come to Him. Yep. Yeah, He's inviting us every morning. Like you're saying He invites yeah. us yeah. to come to Him. You know, and the people during Moses's time had minds and hearts that were hardened, and we know this is well at work in our world today. Right. The same veil covers our minds, so we can't understand the truth, the evil of what's going on in our world. Right. It's like, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's a little by question. little. Right. Yeah. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Right. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Yep. Yes. We can all have that veil removed so we can see and reflect God's glory. And we become more like the Lord when we're changed through His glorious image, like you said, Laura. Mm -hmm. And we become His image-ers or image-makers. Right. Yeah, I like that. Right. So how can we pray? Like I said, we can pray about this, right? So how do we pray to remove that veil? Yeah. So one of the things I was thinking of is we can pray that spiritual discontentment with the status quo of the church routine increases, like it gets worse and worse <laughs> because yeah. you want it to change, right? You want the routine yeah. of it. Yes. You and the and, fire and the hunger in your, right, in your belly. Right, you know? right. What we read in the Word should be what we experience every day. Right. You know, that there would become like a pure hungering and a thirsting for more of God and yes. a deep desire for genuineness, you know, to rise up in the hearts of God's people. Yes. So I, we can pray that. Yeah. yeah, that's like, you know, those, the clocks that keep the service going. To yeah. every uh, right. Those will be wiped out. I am praying for It'll that. be, that's when yes. revival. Oh, no up. limits. Get there, get down before the football game starts. Or because I'm hungry and I want yes. lunch, you know. Yeah. It's like, and God when Jesus. Will be enough. Think about what Jesus said. He said he was, you know, he, the disciples had known that he hadn't eaten, and they said, you, you need to eat. And Jesus says, I have food that you know not of. 
And when he said that, I know what he means. Because when you're caught up in the presence of God, when you're caught up in him, you're not even thinking about food. No, you're not thinking about anything but him. Right. Because it's so good and so filling, right? Physically, mentally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. emotionally. It's all wonderful. And you don't even think about the physical stuff. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So another thing we can pray for is that the veil of darkness that's been keeping all God's people in the dark, you know, about things taking place in the world, like I talked about with the the word the Lord gave me, that that veil would be removed and all of our eyes would see and understand how deceived we were by the enemy forces that are at work in our world. Yeah. You know, we can also yeah. pray the scripture, just like, you know, we've done before. We pray scripture over things, over people. Right. We can pray Ephesians 1, 17 through 23 over all of God's people so that we understand all that we're called and appointed to do on this earth. Because in that passage of scriptures, it's talking about that the eyes of our heart will be opened, right? Here's Here, I'll, I'll read it to you. We ask that God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. That's what we're asking for. Yes. For spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. And then Paul says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called, right. his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. That's something we can individually pray over right mm-hmm. ourselves we can pray over ourselves and we can pray over others i also pray that you will this is the rest of the part of the verse yeah i also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of god's power for us who believe in him this is the same mighty power that raised christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at god's right hand in the heavenly realms now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ, who has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. And I know that God wants to remove every hindrance from our understanding the fullness of who we are called to be. That's so good. Yeah. Wow. You know, I'd like to share some experiences in my life when I felt like the veil was lifted. And this is more like the only way I would get through these things is if I was definitely in prayer with God, relying on his strength. Right. Right. And some of these are like my mom and facing her dementia and realizing it was time to intervene and keep her safe. Mm-hmm. So it's like God removed the veil for you to be like, to step up. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. And so be so bold. Right. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to stop thinking the way that you were thinking. You're going to have to do this for your mom. Right. Yeah. Is, um, it's right. time to move. Mm-hmm. Yes. Action. Yeah. Call to action. Right. And another time before my sister's passing, I thought there was some way we could save her. But no one can be saved by another person. Right. Right. And Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Must be saved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, only Jesus can save us. Right. And, you know, also traveling and always living in new territory. Yeah, because you traveled a lot. You moved a lot. In your life. I did before I was married and a lot after yeah, right. I was married. Your husband's when you're job, you're yeah. you're in the military in a family with it's in oh, the military, yeah. you're moving around all the time. Yeah, yeah. that too. So. Those Walmart bins where our 
basically our suitcases. Yeah. (laughs) Carrying our life around. You know, but God was always with us Mm -hmm. wherever we were. And Psalm 91 says his protection is always there. Oh, yes. Right? And the precious care and healing that took place from God during my children's birth and hospitalization. Right. That closeness. Yeah. All of these situations were in God's control, not mine. Right. And here are some moments I'd like to share when I experienced the covering of the veil. yeah. And one of those is probably 20-odd years living in the experience of religion and routine and... I mean, (laughs) yeah, I I mean, I even know now that I had a spirit of religion back then. We all did. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. a loyalty to it, not Mm -hmm. to God specifically. Right. Right. And uh, we didn't know differently. We were only doing what we knew and we kept going along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you didn't understand. Right. You didn't Mm -hmm. know. Right. And it doesn't mean there was no meaning in it because I I learned. Yeah. Even when you're in that, that whole religion, when you're in a, a denomination, when you're in that, there's some things you're learning about God. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of that you take with you when you finally, when the veil is removed. Yeah. I think, you know, we are at where we need to be at that time. Yes. And then again, the veil's removed and you see things clear. You right. see things in a different light and you know you need more. Right. You it's know, a journey. Yeah. Right. And so God moves you to another place where you can learn more and, and it, grow. And it takes, I mean, even now, I'm still finding things when you break off that spirit of religion, it takes time, it takes energy, willpower. You have to, you have to just make sure that you're, once you walk away from it, that, you know, that you don't ever go back to You don't it. want to fall back into that. And it's that. hard to break those habits, those mm-hmm. those things yeah. that are so meaningful. And It's easy to just do what you've always known. Right. Yes. Right? And it takes work to change something. God doesn't has never meant for us to live entrapped like that. No. There's so much more freedom to the way that he wants us to live. And that's why the Spirit of God will be speaking into your heart and mind saying, is this all there is? Right. I want more. I'm right. hungry. I, I want to, Thirsty. You know, yeah. yeah. And the more you read God's word, the more you want. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's a journey that doesn't end. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, always, right. it's... Right, we're always going to be growing and learning more. Yeah. Like where we are right now is not where we're going to be next year. Right, right. exactly. I mean, that's a good thing. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. stale. Right. It's always fresh and invigorating and new. Right. I also received great, mess- amazing messages, you know, back in right. the old church. And the consistency kept me in touch with God, like you said, Kathy. But yeah. Nowhere to a level in which I experience God now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't trade the intimacy I have with him now for anything in the world. Same. Right. I've always felt like I had to trust someone else, like a priest, or um, to make sure that I was getting receiving the right quote-unquote message yeah. or that I was okay and justified. That's completely discounting all Jesus has done for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead, I need to put trust and faith in my own relationship with God and not look to others. Right. Yeah. You know, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And because the veil was ripped in half when Jesus died, we can now go, as we talked about, we can now go directly to God with our questions and prayers. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. All right. So I want to share the very first vision that I had. And this was the first time I saw the veil up close and personal. I will never forget it for so many reasons. It was so real, so powerful, and so encouraging. So this was on the morning of September the 4th, 2021. 
And I was sitting in my prayer corner, wanting to spend time with the Lord, and I was happy to be in the spiritual realm with him. And all of a sudden, I was standing with Jesus, and I saw a translucent veil or curtain on my right side. And I saw a young man standing on the other side of this flowing veil, and he was pacing back and forth, and I sensed that he was curious. And then I looked down, and I saw many people in front of him. They were kneeling in front of this veil, desperate to know God more intimately. As I was standing there, I then saw many more people surrounding the young man. They were behind. All these people were behind the young man. And I knew they were also curious to know what was happening. And then I saw many, many, many people beyond the young man and the group of curious ones. And I knew they had no clue what was right in front of them. And it was devastating to watch. I just remember feeling heartbroken mm. with what I was witnessing. Okay, so then I was made aware of what was to my left. And as I looked to my left, I saw many angels with fire in their eyes. And they were ready for what's coming, determined and unstoppable. I was overwhelmed with a knowing that God had prepared these angels for what is about to take place. The Holy Spirit let me know these angels are ready to go when God releases them. I was then prompted to look back to my right. The Holy Spirit let me know they, which is the people on earth, are not ready for the unveiling or what's coming. For the ones that have an intimate relationship with God, the ones that he has refined in the fire, the ones that know that something big is coming, the Lord says, get ready. Mm -hmm. There is a team of angels assigned to each one of these chosen ones. And once the veil is lifted and the angels are released from heaven, these angels will release revelation to his chosen ones. The angels will partner with God's chosen ones. And for those that have been holding the line faithfully, they will suddenly know what to do. And as I saw the veil being lifted, many faces were shocked and fell to their faces. Some ran away scared because they didn't understand what was happening. And the Lord said, every single person on this planet will be touched by what I am about to release. No one will escape it. The ones that were kneeling in front of the veil were crying out to God, desperate to know him intimately. They knew he was close. The curious ones just beyond them, they felt something, but they didn't know what it was. So they walked back and forth, wandering around in search of this thing that kept calling them closer. And the ones past the curious ones were living their life as if they didn't care. Mm. They had so much rebellion and pain in their hearts. Anger and hatred were prevalent among them. It was devastating to see how many there were. And these are the deceived ones. The angels to my left are warrior angels, fierce, unbeatable, strong, well-trained for this time and this battle. At first, while looking at these angels, I was terrified. And as I continued to look, an angel, I'll never forget it. An angel looked directly at me, and I immediately felt the peace of God. So many things I knew at once when this angel looked me in the eye. (sighs) Victory is on its way. We do not lose. God's army of angels are prepared. The angels are beyond ready for the veil to be lifted. The people on the other side of the veil are not ready for what's coming. And everything is about to change. For his ecclesia, which is God's remnant, his church, the team of angels that are coming your way are so excited to be on your team. Just know that divine help is on the way. You have been chosen by God for this season, and it is unstoppable. Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. 
For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Since I've had that vision, I have heard many other prophets say similar things. I understand so much more now than I did then, so the vision makes even more sense than when I first had it. And that vision started me on a journey that forever changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I know it was only the beginning. God is good and he's faithful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, when you were talking about that vision, I've heard it before because yeah. you told it to me personally. But this time when you when you were explaining it, I saw it in a different perspective. You did? Yeah. And I saw like the people right in front of the veil. Yeah. And then there's another Layer. layer of people behind yes. that that group of people and then another layer of people behind that you see the levels of understanding right you see the levels of closeness to god and far away from god right it just it like stood out in my mind this time yeah. yeah and um you know you could just see you can even if you've never this is the first time you've even heard these things right you can ask god to reveal to you where am i at in this right you know, am I seeking you out as I should, or am I really far from you? I mean, obviously, if you're asking the question, you're not that far from him, right? Right. right. But that's the that's where we need to be. We need to be asking questions to God. We need to ask Him to open our eyes to see things from His perspective, to have that veil. Lord, if there's any veil in my eyes or in my heart or my mind, remove, remove it. it. Remove it. I want everything removed so I can see you clearly. Right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So as I mentioned from the article that I read earlier, when we have a veil over our hearts, it causes blindness, bondage, division, disputes, false doctrines, confusion, and so much more. Many are blind to what's truly going on around them. They believe the false doctrines and the many lies that are going that they're being told through our news and media sources. This causes confusion all around the world. No one knows what to truly believe anymore. And many are finally starting to question what they're being told. If there's one thing that I could say about the things that I used to believe, it would be a big thank you to God for drawing me away from the lies and into his truth. Like you said, Laura, Mm -hmm. just asking God, remove that veil. I don't want it there anymore. Right. I want truth. That's all I want. I don't Mm want to know. I don't want to think about the old ways and, you know. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be deceived anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The more I seek an intimate relationship with him, the more he reveals how deceived we've been. And not some of our lives, but all of our lives. Right. What I used to believe is truth. I have believed my whole life, and I'm free from that bondage of lies. Right. I'm no longer blind, nor do I believe in false doctrines. And then there's confusion. Wow. I used to be so confused about many different things, but not anymore. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We think we've mentioned that verse several times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I have freedom, freedom from the enemy. And I also want to say that since that very first vision I received from the Lord, I have now seen the veil in the spirit many, many times. Mm. It is there and it is real. And because of Jesus, every single one of us have access to see beyond it. If you want freedom from the confusion, the chaos, the division, the lies or whatever it is that's holding you back, seek God and you will have full access to him in all of heaven and you will finally be free. That's a good one, ladies. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all we have for today. We hope you'll join us next week. So we'll be right here. And we just want to close with this scripture from 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 16. It says, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. 
But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That's a good one. All right, so today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Thank you, Caitlin, for all you do. And also for the articles that we mentioned today, we'll put the links in the notes section of this episode. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. We just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we'd love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. All right, until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Electric acid.